Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Oh, not much, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad I could get uh, time away from my kitchen remodel to come and hang out with you lovely folks. Uh, it's been going well. It's been going well. I was cussing uh, yesterday, so that was, uh, <laughs> that was good. Uh, I hate painting ceilings. We'll just leave it at that. I hate painting yeah. ceilings, yes. Yeah. And also, to all of our listeners, uh, I know it's a weird year, but it is... The Friday after Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday, Pat. So as, as a person who worked in retail for many, many years, Black Friday is one of like one of the days where I despise humanity the most. Um, yeah, it's it's like a low point in humanity. Like I'm pretty sure that when the apocalypse arrives, it's going to happen on Black Friday. It's because it's when, you know, the human collective soul is closest I, to hell. I imagine the actual apocalypse is a toned down version of Black Friday, to be honest with you. Like I don't think it gets that bad when things are when when resources are scarce. <laughs> It's true. That's true. Except, you know, it's a can of beans instead of a 50 inch plasma screen TV. Yeah. Yeah. You tell me what you'd rather have in the apocalypse. I mean, if I'm going out, I might as well be entertained. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what have you been up to, Jerry? You've been playing any magic? I have, but before we get into that, I want to bring on our awesome guest, Pat, because yeah. he's he's too good to be left waiting in the wings. All right, I like it. I like it. Well, we have who is quite possibly, during the time of this recording, the most comfortable guest we've ever had on the show. <laughs> Welcome, Jordan Isaka. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's it's great to be back. I think this is my third time back on the show. Uh, y'all do a fantastic job you know, covering all the legacy news that's going on around the world. And I really do appreciate what you do and bring to the community because it's, it's, it's huge. Oh. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. The, the well, string of compliments will definitely get you on the show the fourth time. Yeah, so. compliments will get compliments will get you everywhere. Uh, for our listeners who might not have caught your uh, previous uh, appearances on the cast, you're a uh, Seattle Magic player. Uh, your kind of claims to fame are you did uh, the commentary for. Uh, I'm is it? I'm blanking Car- on the name Car- of the store. Card Kingdom. Card Kingdom. Card Kingdom, thank you. Yes, Card Card Kingdom, uh, which I believe. Oh, I guess there's Channel Fireball, but Channel Fireball Card Kingdom are the two, you know, largest retailers on the West Coast, and uh, their stores are beautiful. I got to play uh, a tournament there at uh, uh, GP Seattle, and <laughs> it was uh, it was yeah, well, it was still good. To, like I was impressed. They're the only store I've ever seen that have their own dedicated like feature match area with like professional like uh like tv cameras mounted on the ceiling looking down at the board yeah. like it was like a professional studio setup they take their they take their streaming seriously yeah they, they've actually done a lot of events there they've done like charity events you know for charity events you know and and all these things with like wizards of the coast because the wizards of the coast headquarters is is nearby but it's actually uh you know just like any successful gaming uh, gaming center or something like that, it was you know it's a it's a by nerds for nerds sort of thing, which is cool. Um, the greatest thing about card, you know, I don't I don't work for them, so don't don't think of this as like me trying to sell them, you know, sell their brand or sell their product or anything. But they just opened up a store in uh, in Portland 
uh, which is pretty cool. So they've got three stores that are located in the Northwest, and I'm sure that one is is beautiful and awesome, and they're going to have tons of tournaments. So really what that just means is cross your fingers that they'll have legacy tournaments because that's really all I care about, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know. And, of course, you go, going there, it, it's really nice, and it's, it's, a, it's a very it's – a, it's a great place to play. Um, unfortunately, my, my, when I remember this whole situation, they, you know, that tournament was very poorly run, and it was, it was unfortunate because – and actually, they, they've gone through a, a whole turnover between the TO and, and some of their, their judging uh, staff and all that too. So that's just a little bit about what's going on in the Northwest for Legacy. But, you know, we have hope that better times are around the corner. You know, who knows? Yeah, because uh, I'm guessing you probably haven't been doing much commentary with uh, <laughs> no 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 events in the store. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, I, I'm sure you're looking forward to uh, when the first events roll back around so you can get back in the booth. Yeah, you know, and there's something to say about playing paper versus playing uh, online. Online is fine. It, it's cool because you can just interact directly with uh, the people in Twitch chat. But at the same time, I mean, paper is where you get to see it. I mean, I, honestly, I get more excited when I watch a cool play happening in paper than when I do, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think you also like paper a little bit because of, uh, one of your other points of uh, fame. <laughs> well, I might say infamy. You're uh you're a very well-known, uh, blue white stone blade player, particularly because of your deck. <laughs> oh, you have a, you have a, a special customization on your deck. <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, I, uh, white bordered all of my cards, which to a lot of people is like the most absurd and insane thing ever. Uh, I- I just admire. I just admire your dedication of buying beta duels just to whiteboard them to make them look like revised. There's there's somebody that's listening that like actually had like a like a back spasm when they heard that. You know, so yeah, I try to be reasonable about the cards that I whiteboarder. I have whiteboarded some extreme cards. I have a set of whiteboarded uh, Winter Mistress factories. Which just hurts people when you say it. <laughs> but, but I feel I feel compositionally though the Winter Mishra's Factory probably look pretty good with the yeah. uh, the white border. Yeah, you know <laughs> there are <laughs> there are some cards that do look better with white border. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, and, and the way I think about it is I'm gonna play for a long time. I you know they're more like collector pieces, they're like board you know board game pieces to me. You know, and so it's nice if I own these cool cards and they're old and they have like different languages on it. But at the end of the day, I'm never gonna like I'm never gonna leave the game. So I'm just gonna keep on I'm just gonna keep on playing, man. You know? Nice. Yes, sir. Awesome. Also, it makes it real easy if you ever like lose your deck at an event. It's like uh <laughs> d- describe it. <laughs> and you're like, uh, it'll hurt your eyes when you look at it. <laughs> Not too many people own a playset of white border winter mistress. Let me just tell you that much. So <laughs> yeah. someone if you see someone pawning those off, those are probably mine, you know. See if you can, you know, put a stop on that or let me know, you know. So, for real. Yes, sir. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We just kind of wanted to chat a bit. You do a lot of streaming as well, so I'm sure some of our listeners know you from streaming. Uh, what have you been streaming lately? You know, it's for stre- streaming, I've just been kind of off and on. I haven't been nearly as consistent as the the big dogs like, uh, like Chase Hansen or... Uh, uh, what's it called? The guy that streams miracles all the time. I don't know. There's, there's a bunch of people. Uh, uh, the Legacy Council. Those guys. You know. So I, I've been uh, been. I, I've, and I, a lot of times when I go to stream, it's because I've had this terrible idea that I want to light money on fire. It's really. 
is really how. So you, you need it. You need it as a business expense to write off. So you stream it. <laughs> yeah, you know that that's that's more or less about right. You know, I basically I think that you know when you when you do like deck design, that's more of like a thought experiment. You're just trying to solve a problem. You're trying to figure out how to how to win with cards that nobody's won with in ages. And you can end up with really interesting positions because the metagame changes all the time, right? And so, uh, you know, I, I, there was one time my friend asked me, like, why do you, you know, he was trying to quantify or explain why I come up with these terrible decks. And he's like, you know why you do it? You do it for the love, man. You do it for the love. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. Uh, now you uh, you were brewing up in uh, the because you're pretty active in the Leaving Legacy Facebook group. Uh, <laughs> that's actually why I wanted to have you on is because you actually posted today this uh, <laughs> this crazy brew. So walk us through like how how you thought this standstill burning wish progenitus deck with Shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically, the 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 basic idea for that that deck construction really came from the idea that I was tired of losing game one. I was tired of losing game one versus these super polarizing decks. You know, you go in there and you sit down and play and your opponent's like turn one chalice or they go like cloud post or they go like, you know, some dredge card, you know, BS or whatever. And you're just thinking like, man, I would have loved to have access to that, to a card that would just hose them. But I can't, I can't get to that. You know, I, the only way I can win is if we go to game two and, you know, now I'm a favorite, but I've already dropped a game. And so that's where the whole idea with playing Burning Wish kind of came in. And the standstill shell, that was already kind of explored with, with Shark Typhoon and all that. But Burning Wish yep. was a way that I could kind of cut in and start fighting on game one to try to beat out, you know, a lot of these decks that are playing complex mana bases or things like that. So uh, what are you picking up with the Burning Wish? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So naturally, the card you want to go grab is Replenish, which is sweet. So, you know, Replenish, you get back Standstills, you get back Shark Typhoons, you can get back all these other cards. There was actually a deck on Goldfish a little while ago that was playing like four of those. And initially, when I looked at the deck, I was like, man, that looks really cool. But also, I do not want to spend $500 on Replenishes that I have to white border. That's just ludicrous. <laughs> Are replenishes that much? Well, they're like, what the they're like 90 bucks or like 70 to 90 oh, or something man. like that. That was a 50 cent rare for the longest That's, time. That is correct. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, some of it is budgetary constraints. Some of it's me trying to be like semi-reasonable about the cards I play. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, a full set of white water replenishes. You just put a gun to my head and put me out of my misery, dude. <laughs> um, but that's where it started. I also like trying to play old cards, like cards with old borders, which is like a really terrible reason to play anything. I, <laughs> I know. I, I notice you are also one of your wish targets is uh, breaking out the old school decree of justice <laughs> from uh, Scourge. Yeah. That was like that was like an OP finisher in the back in uh, the standard days when that was first printed. But I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, so that card is. I mean, it's been around with standstill for a long time. I used to play it in various in various shells. Um, the reason why it's really crazy is you can start cycling that and fetching it back with uh, is it arcane sanctum. So you just start yep. looping that and you make like like twenty dudes and you just start beating face and it's 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 fun. Um, I think 
I think newer players who didn't grow up with standstill and maybe don't get to play about it uh, play it that much. I don't think they always fully grasp all the ways you can break the symmetry of standstill. <laughs> And one of the best ways is cycling. Yeah. So, like, all of these cycling cards now look so much better when you realize, oh, it's basically playing a spell that doesn't count for standstill. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, that that card, uh, Arcane, is Arcane Sanctuary, am I saying that right? The one that puts a spell that's, on that's top? That's the land? Yeah. Uh, that's Mystic, Mystic, Mystic Sanctuary. Mystic Sanctuary. So I started doing that with, like, Slice and Dice, which is another old school sweeper from, like, a long time ago, and, and Decree of Justice... And it's just this, like, it's this very strange deck because those are sorceries that you can wish for and they can be in your main deck or in your sideboard. And then you can, like, start cycling them through standstill and you can get them back with Sanctuary. And so, like, Mm -hmm. the deck is surprising. It's, like, surprising me. And I've been playing, you know, standstill for a long time. You know, I've been playing Legacies since, like, oh, 2005 or something terrible like that. I'm old, man. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's it's my way of trying to play, like, you know, getting into the whole brew mentality and saying, yeah, you know, these cards can still work. And not, I mean, they're obviously, you have to update some of the strategies a little bit. One of the big concessions that I made was I'm playing these new cards that just got printed that are like spells and lands, which is really weird. But the idea is you have to increase your land count with standstill because in order to actually get ahead when you're playing draw go, you want to play lands out. So when they do break the symmetry, you've got more resources to interact with your opponent. So Nice. And you have one of my, like, I keep hoping that it will work, but (laughs) I quite haven't seen it yet. Uh, the polymorph combo, like we've yeah. we've seen it a couple times with uh yeah. There's a modern deck. There's that uh, artifact that top taps to polymorph from yeah. uh, Mirrodin. I want to say uh, staff of something. I can't remember, but it's like three colorless for an artifact, and then it's two in a blue. Sack a creature. Its controller flips cards from the top of their library until they hits a creature card and put it into play. Yeah. And the whole combo being is like if you don't have any creatures besides huge bombs and you're sacking tokens, you are able to cheat these, like, massive beaters into play. So, like, I'll make us... I'll have, like, uh, Lingering Souls as my as a spell. It makes 1-1 one, one tokens. I sack it, and then I just have a 1-of Emrakul, or in your case, <laughs> a 1-of Progenitus. Yeah. <laughs> it's... You know what? The thing about that... So, you know, we're, again, we're going back to talking about the, the original deck instruction. I was playing, like, uh, what's it called... The, the the bone crusher bone crusher giant and yep. uh, brazen borrower and the idea was if I can actually put those cards if I can play them for their uh, uh, journey, what is it called journey the journey cost the idea is I can actually have more cards I can have more cards in my hand than seven right because I can actually put that I can deal two damage or bounce something and potentially control the board while I'm playing standstill out and then my hand size increases to plus one plus two depending on how many cards are in adventure right. Um, and so that was the original idea, and, except for the fact is when I was looking at the, the construction of the deck, I was running into problems versus pile, and I was trying to figure out, okay, I really need a sorcery that beats pile. I need a sorcery that just wins the game. You know, what is that sorcery? How do I win? And after a little while, I was just thinking like, okay, I was trying like, I was trying like, like demon fire and like all these, te- these terrible cards are so bad. I was like, well, I can just play Polymorph and Progenitus into play, and I don't think they can beat a Progenitus. So that's kind of where I'm at now in this current iteration. Uh, yeah, it's, 
it's interesting for Genitus and not like Emmercool, and you do have a Grizzlebrand in the sideboard, I see, but yeah. specifically Progenitus, because at your heart, you're a control deck, because I, I imagine like the perfect lines that this deck takes is, you know, you start off in the early game, and you just kind of go tit for tat with your opponent, you got Source to Plowshares, and Force of Wills, and Counter Spells, <laughs> and you're just kind of like controlling the early game, and then if anything sneaks through, you got some sweepers, like you have the new uh, Spell Lands, uh, from what was it, Ikoria, I believe yeah. they were. You have the sp- spike field hazard, which is a, mount- <laughs> a mountain, or one red, it deals one damage to any target. If a permanent dealt damage this way would uh, die this turn, it is exiled <laughs> instead. So, like, what one toughness things are you afraid of in kind of the early game? Actually, that card kills Uro on the first cast. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Oh, so basically they cast Uro, and then it comes into play... <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, you just, you ping it, <laughs> you just deal one damage, and then it goes to the graveyard yeah. anyways, but it dies, so it exiles. Oh, that is cheeky. So I love that. So the most insane thing about, you know, when I was talking about, before this, before we were starting to record the cast, I was talking about, oh yeah, you know, someone's messaging me on my phone, it's Chase Hansen. I've had conversations with this guy about, like, Weird card choices and weird card selections. <laughs> I'm sure you've all seen his stream, and he's got he, you know he was the one who was bringing like cling to dust in like a lot of modern pile decks and things like that, and you know playing Dak Fade in and and all those other cards, you know. So talking to him about creative ways to to play cards has definitely expanded, you know, the the way that I look at the game, and it and it's it's just good to get someone else's opinion when you're talking about deck design and construction and stuff. Mm-hmm. That. That is a great interaction. Yeah. That is that is awesome. And yeah, Uro is just a huge pain in the ass, especially for these blue-white-based control decks. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uro is often the mirror breaker to the point where now most blue-white decks are splashing green so they can run Uro themselves. Instead, you're like, no, I'm splashing red. I'm just killing that guy. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of the the old GTA Wars. It's like, oh, you got to GTA your GTA. Ugh. Yeah, I got to out Uro your Uro. That's right. That that spike field hazard is sick. So I right now in paper, I have blue white uh, Sharknado standstill uh, (laughs) sleeved up with the uh, the Stoneforge Mystic package. Oh, there's a Stoneforge. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll send you my list. I actually played it on. uh, I was on uh, 90s uh, MTG, their stream on Wednesday, and I actually played it on stream against uh, Tom Hep. We had some good games, but uh, Tom Tom Happy he uh, he made some merit lasers pretty quickly, and uh, he got the better of me. <laughs> we did have an amazing, yeah, we had an amazing game though, where I think he made merit lasers like two or three times, and I just had the uh, sword snap swords like perfect <laughs> hand to like deal with double merit lasers. Yeah, man, that's what's up <laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah, no the the blue white stone blade looks is uh, is a ton of fun. I mean, but uh, honestly, seeing your list, you're kind of inspiring me to splash some red in there for some of these toys. <laughs> Stay away from, from Burning Wish. It's kind of a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Burning Wish does seem like a trap, but I do really like that spike field hazard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, have you had much uh, time to test this? Have you played any matches with it? Yeah, actually, uh, before coming on, I actually finished a four hour stream. I played two two leagues with it. I went six and four, so I was a proverbial craw worm, which is great. Gotta love the, mm-hmm. the wind bracket. Um, had some tough losses to Rug Delver, so I'll have to figure out what the tune looks like uh, for the deck going forward. But, you know. 
And six six and four is nothing to sneeze at at a deck that was just brewed up and hasn't been tuned at all. <laughs> that was like that's yeah, very disappointed. A couple times I had polymorph on the stack and my opponent conceded. So that was oh, no. very disappointing. <laughs> that's that's worth the entry fee alone. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do I I I really want them to make a polymorph like good. Like, they just need to make Polymorph cost, like, a show-and-tell. Like, two and a blue for Polymorph, and I think that deck can have legs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other card is uh, is Dwarven Cave. That's the one that, like, people were like, oh, it's Dwarven. over the edge. <laughs> it's over the edge. <laughs> what is Dwarven Cave? It's one. Of, it's in the same uh, cycle as the, 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 the Mystic Sanctuary card. Is it Dwarven? Dwarven Ruins? Oh, Dwarven Mine. Sorry, Dwarven Mine. Sorry, Dwarven Mine. Oh, Dwarven Mine. Yeah, there we go. There we go. This is what happens when you don't play consistently. You just forget the names <laughs> of cards, and you're like, what's the yeah, card? Yeah, I feel like we're all like, this is what it's going to be like when we're all senior citizens at the old folks' home together, and we're like, do you remember Jace the Mines Crafter? <laughs> at this point, uh, they so might have one. They'll, they'll make a Jace the Mine Crafter card, and it'll be different. You know, yeah. they're running out of names. They're running out. So, oh yeah, Dwarven Mine. Dwarven Mine enters the battlefield tapped unless you control three or more mountains. When it enters the battlefield untapped, create a 1-1 one, one red dwarf creature. So that's awesome because that's the other half of the combo is finding enough token generators that aren't creatures in and of yeah. themselves. Yeah, that's right. And unfortunately, you know, the way that playing Dwarven Mine and the colors of the, the deck that, you, you know, you're trying to play all these different cards and the complexity of the deck, I, I couldn't actually fit that card in there. But I even had to cut cards like Hall of Heliod's Generosity and Caracas, which are like, you know, the, the utility all-stars that everybody likes to see. But, you know, if, if, if you can't actually cast the other cards in your hand, then, you know, the lands are kind of an afterthought, more or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Man, you're uh you're inspiring me to brew up some wackiness. <laughs> uh that's awesome. That's awesome. Um so this is a bit of a tangent, but speaking about uh you know tournaments earlier in uh commentating, you know what I, I watched that really reminded me of magic a lot and is actually nothing to do with magic? Mm. Is uh the Queen's Gambit. Have you guys seen this on Netflix? Mm-mm. So it doesn't have anything to do about magic, but I couldn't stop thinking about magic the entire series because it's all about following this girl around as she's in the professional chess tournament scene. And it just like I it just felt so much like magic because it's like she's going to these tournament halls where there's all these tables set up. There's a bunch of nerdy looking people <laughs> and they're yeah. all like gathering to play the game and they're like they're scouting the room and it's like, Oh, did you hear that Benninger's gonna be here? And just like I was just getting insane magic vibes from the show. And it just it like I recommend anyone if you are missing the tournament scene and like what that what that felt like, watch the Queen's Gambit and, and it's you just, won't miss anymore. You'll get goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's all about like the climbing the brackets and like getting better. And there's all like they're in the hotel room after the match and they're like going over their lines of play. And it just like it just screams like magic competition to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got a uh, uh, I, and I, I've got I have to come come forward with some information. Actually, when I was uh, a, a youth individual, that was actually an age and an age ago in the 90s and the early 2000s. I actually played a lot of competitive scholastic chess. 
So really, yeah, yeah. Have you watched Have you watched the Queen's Gambit? I, I was to, I was told to, I was instructed to do so. I have not gotten around to it yet. Um, I am aware of I've been I I know the feels I'm sure of of the you know when you're talking about you know talking about going through lines of play and you're talking about openings and things like that memorization and you're talking about I think the most important thing the coolest thing about chess and in the way that it relates to magic is that when you talk about playing magic it's almost like you 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 play against an opponent like you play against an opponent. Right, not necessarily an individual on a specific deck, but like you have to think about how that person's going to be piloting that deck, right? Which is different. I mean, because everybody pilots a deck a little bit differently. Everyone's got their own little style. And when you talk about chess, chess is very similar because you might have someone playing a specific opening a certain way, but that the way that they play their opening or the way they go about attacking or moving their pieces or the tactics that they're employing that's different because they all have their own. You know their own positives and negatives and stuff like that. So it's uh, it, it has a there's a there's a ton of parallels. There's a ton of parallels, and I've played I've played a lot. I use it, you know, put it on my college resume when I was applying to colleges and all that. So yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it's true though. Just like it. So one thing that they talk about in the series is how like the Russians are so much better than the American. Is like why are the Russians so yeah. much better than the Americans? And it's because the Russians have teams where they actually are helping each other and analyzing it while the Americans were more individualistic. Yeah. And that really reminded me of things like the Pro Tour, where you have players who have these, like, super teams, and then you have the people like me who just go in with a shotgun (laughs) prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just going, I'm just going to see what happens. And it's like, of course, these, like, these super teams are just going to blow you out of the water. They're just the next step above. And just, like, how important talking about lines of play with different people are, like, if there was one magic bullet solution to get better at magic, it would be talk to people. The more people you talk <laughs> ah, to, a magic player's weakness. Hence, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> why. Well, you know what's our so, one weakness. You know what's so funny, aside from a flight of stairs, is that you know just to cite that as an example. You know, when I go to talk to Chase about you know card you know card selection and and, and play patterns and things like that, you know that's that's really like. That's really what you're, you know, I, I think that what you're kind of scratching at right there. And, and I, I think another another big thing is is also not to, you know, everybody's got their own opinion, but definitely be able to analyze when you, made, when you make mistakes, you know, analyze that the right way, take the criticism the right way. That's, that can be really hard for a lot of players, you know, a lot, especially on new players coming in, right? But definitely, definitely got to talk to people. Yeah. My son, it's funny you mentioned chess, Jerry. My son, uh, Liam, my oldest son, just got into chess this week. He, like, found a game on really? his tablet. Yeah, and he's he wants me to start playing chess with him. And I, I don't have the heart to tell him that I'm a terrible chess player and uh, that my older brother David is a much better chess player and he should get lessons from him and not from me. <laughs> Nice. Um, you should watch. You actually, you should not watch the Queen's Gambit. It's full of like sex and drugs, and <laughs> the whole the whole thing is about her like struggling to be the world champion while also having just a crippling addiction to tranquilizers. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's honestly probably one of the best shows I've watched all year. So really? even besides oh, wow. the magic, 
like yeah it, it is gonna win like all sorts of emmys and whatever and it's gonna deserve every single one of them but yeah it's probably you also you I, I you know what though jerry i have to say i question your taste sometimes because you also really raved about the show the magicians and like i think we all know I, what that show's like so guilt dude magicians is it's like cotton candy man it's not gonna give you the nutrients you need to make it through the day but you enjoy when you're eating it okay <laughs> I, i've actually found that that jerry's jerry's recommendations have been very good you know, when he's talking about <laughs> okay. the expanse, things like I mean, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I haven't been exposed to too many recommendations. But so far, <laughs> I, I will say this, you know, the expanse, well, you it. You know, Jin Tai Fung, like, listen, he's got some good opinions, man. He's got some good <laughs> okay. ideas. Okay. I want to listen okay. to <laughs> But but seriously, yeah, watch it. It's it's probably the best show I've watched at least in the second half of 2020. Awesome, and that's wow. a lot considering quarantine uh, video watching is through the roof. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no else I played uh, some magic recently. Is have you guys had a chance to check out uh, Commander Legends or whatever it's called? The uh, basically the new master. Have you set dra- for- are you drafting that? It's on Magic Online. Yeah, but are you drafting it? Yeah, so let me. You want me to walk you through my adventure of so, the. Well, that, that's what, well, what I wanted to ask you was like, uh, that was a question I had about that set. Was like, oh, is this like a set that's intended to be drafted? Because it obviously it seemed that way. But yeah. I was curious how it plays having commander let, cards in a draft. Let me walk you through the wonderful journey that was Jerry's experience drafting commander legends and just getting completely like turned around <laughs> okay. so i so like uh i think it was last night or the night before um i had like 45 minutes so i'm just like oh i'll i'll uh i'll jump in a league and i'll like get a a, a league game in or two and then i see oh commander's legends are out so I'm like oh i wanted to try this out it, it's supposed to have a bunch of cool stuff um, there could be some legacy potential in a couple of cards. I want to see them in action. So I'm like, oh, I have 45 minutes. I'll uh, I'll jump in. I jump in the queue, and it's uh, it pulls up a draft. And the thing that uh, I was taken by surprise is you pick two cards. Right. So instead of picking one, you pick two. Yes. And the packs are like half again as big. Like I think they have like 20 cards or 25 cards in them instead of 15. Okay. So you pick two cards as you do the draft. I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. But I like start to get a feel for the format, and I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. Uh, I draft this like really low-to-the-ground, cheap, uh, blue-red uh, artifact deck that's all about like pumping out artifacts. And I got the commander that whenever you play a land, you make a <laughs> – this is, this is hilarious. You make – whenever you play a land, you create a equipment token called a rock <laughs> – <laughs> which okay. has which has equip one equip the target creature target creature gains a, a one and tap sacrifice equipment rock to deal two damage to any target <laughs> it's, like, <throw> <laughs> it's just like the most flavorful flavorful mechanic i've seen in That's a while so just like cool. whenever you play a lands make a rock you can chuck the rock at someone <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, oh, this is like a really good repeatable effect. I'll keep it low to the ground and I'll just like ping off these little dudes and get in some uh, some sly damage. Mm-hmm. And then so I draft like, OK, I, we finished the draft. I have 30 minutes left. So like, oh, I'll, I'll play a quick game. I hit enter game and I am greeted by not one opponent, not oh, two opponents, no. <laughs> but three opponents. <laughs> uh, to my surprise, because also the other thing, you pick two and the packs are bigger, so you make 60-card decks instead mm-hmm. of 40-card decks. And it's a commander pod with four people. 
<laughs> and so we start playing. And I'm like, oh, man, I have to get to this thing in like 25 minutes. Like, <laughs> I hope this, uh, this wraps up soon. We keep playing. We keep playing. And meanwhile, I've, I've uh, built like an aggro deck, which is good in a one-on-one scenario. Terrible in a four-player multiplayer scenario <laughs> where I'm like, they all have like eight eights and ten tens, and I'm sitting there with a bunch of like two twos with rocks. <laughs> with rocks. <laughs> Just literally, literally throwing rocks at tanks That's on the hilarious. battlefield. Um, so we, we're playing and we're playing, and even though my deck is not tuned for it at all, I end up winning the pod. <laughs> <laughs> by employing the strategy of looking too pathetic for anyone to think to do anything to me <laughs> until it's too late. Like at one point, I think I was on 38 life. My One opponent was on nine. One opponent was on 12 and one opponent was on 15 life. <laughs> They're just not attacking me and I'm just sitting to the side and a guy just like taps out, takes someone else out. I'm like, well, you left yourself open and I just took him out, swept the legs. <laughs> I look down at my clock I'm like, all right, let's see how many time. This this match took two and a half hours. Holy oh cow. Gosh. Two and a half hours. I did not realize I was signing up for that when I got <laughs> into that into that queue. Yeah, so I completely like blew through the other thing I was supposed to do. Uh took two and a half hours. And then you know to rub salt in the wounds. Even though I won the pod, winning the pod is only worth one point. What? And then and then everyone votes for who their favorite player is. <laughs> Uh, and that's a point. What? So even though I won the pod, I got the one of some of the least amount of points because two of the other players got two votes each. So they each got two points. I won the pod after two and a half hours, and I wow. got one point. Wow, <laughs> that is that seems like a very bad like system. And I'm like, well, that was what I'll do it. And then I go and he goes, you have two matches left. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. So I was like, I'm going to have to carve out like five hours during the day so I to like finish this league. Wow. But yeah, to anyone who, who has not experienced it, like make sure you know the time commitment you're getting into <laughs> when you fire up a uh, Commander Legends uh, pod. That's that's amazing. Like I would not have expected. You know what? What's so incredible is that Watsy for all of like their crazy cards, uh, I'll say it, man, for all their awful cards they've designed in recent years, <laughs> they do an excellent job in balancing draft formats. Right. They do a good job. You, you can't disagree with that statement. Because every time I draft, I'm like, oh, there's this cool strategy and that cool strategy, and you can't, you know, they're all gonna be like mildly competitive or they, they all might work. And and I think that they do a good job with that. And then what they're like, look at this thing. This is so great when, you know, the, the cards are all kept and they play against each other in this box. And then they just, like, unleash the box into, like, the greater magic <laughs> world and it's just, like, chaos. And they're like, oh, we didn't know what we made. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you did. What are you talking about? Uh, when you're so busy drafting, you know, draft chafe cons <laughs> and forget about all the rares and mythics that have been printed through the years. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> let's balance Phyrexian Rager with, like, Uro, that sounds great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. But yes, yeah, so that was my Legends uh, Commander experience. Uh, I think it was fun. I didn't really, I didn't see any too much that really impressed me for Legacy. But I mean, keep in mind this was only a single Commander pod. They gotcha. they had those new, um, like the court cards or something like that. 
Are you familiar with this? Yeah, the the court cards. Um, we talked. I think uh, the blue Greece. one is the one people are talking about. I think I think the blue one like might show up as a uh, like an interesting combo deck is going to try and do something with it. But I really don't think the blue one's as good as people are saying it is. Yeah, you know, people are saying like everyone's going to run it as a way to uh, hose uh, Uro. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it's a three mana enchantment that doesn't really do anything until your next turn. Like, I like your spike fields hazard answer to Uro, which is a one <laughs> one red for an instant destroy target Uro. He's gone forever. Bye bye. <laughs> More than like this, uh, the the blue court to deal with the Uro. Yeah, I think Court of Grace probably has uh, some interesting. It seems a little interesting. Uh, the idea that you bec- you immediately get to draw a card, and then it's it's nice because it allows you to fight for the board and to fight for the monarchy because it makes one ones. Uh, if if you're not, what is court? What's court of grace do? Yeah, it says so. It says uh, you become the monarch. It's four mana. You become the monarch, and it says at the beginning of your upkeep, create a one one white spirit creature token with flying. If you're the monarch, create a four four white angel token with flying instead. That's another card that could go with your polymorph combo, Jordan. You know what? I have ordered some. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got these coming. I've got Polymorph coming in the mail. I mean, this is my rule, actually, is that if I, uh, if I want to play a card online, I have to be able, I have to own it in person. Yes. So it actually, yes. it actually keeps me to, because otherwise, you know, on, buying cards online is like so easy to do, right? You can just mm-hmm. go out there and buy, and, and it's, it's so much cheaper to do it. But in order to try to put a, a, a leash on that impulse to like, oh, I'm going to have this ex- super extreme online collection and all that, I'm just like, I'll just play what I want to play. If I play it in paper, I'll, I'll go get it or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, Sick. Uh, Jordan, let's, let's, let's connive some minds here on this, this polymorph deck. I'm gonna, <laughs> I want to brew some stuff okay, up. Okay, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, yeah, you know, I you know I think Court of Grace is actually a good card. And the reason why is because the one one spirit that it makes, it, it has evasion. And I think that that's actually really important. You you get to draw a card when it comes into play, and it actually does good at blocking cards like Strix and things like that. So you can never really it's hard to lose the monarchy when you have it. Mm-hmm. So I actually think that this card, I mean, I don't want to say it's really good. Everybody always says if you pay 4 mana at sorcery speed and legacy, you should win the game. But I think that this actually is, I mean, it kind of does that, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, well, that, I think people misinterpret that. When they say it, some people think, like, you need to win the game on the spot. Yeah. But that's not true. Like, a card that fulfills that is Jace the Mind Sculptor. You play Jace, he's a four-mana sorcery speed spell. Yeah. He doesn't win the game on the spot. Mm-hmm. But in a lot of circumstances, if you have that Jace and untap with that Jace, right. you're winning that, ga- you're yep. winning that game. Yep. Right, right. And- Maybe not so much in, in this current meta, but definitely in metas past. Yeah, and I think right now, you know, decks actually have trouble fighting for the... Unless you're playing against, like, Death and Taxes, which I'm, I've am i heard is actually a very powerful deck right now. Um, yeah. A lot of changes. I actually haven't played against it, the, the new iterations of it. But, you know, I, I have a hard time seeing this card. I mean, it, it can match up poorly versus Aether Vial and stuff like that. But it, it does seem strong. You know, it does seem like uh, at, at power level for those other cards, those other decks... The other yeah. big vile deck right now is Goblins, from what I understand. I definitely have lost yeah. to Muxus, and I'm like, oh, that seems good. <laughs> you know, 
Oh my god, that would be that. It's been it's been like nine months or more at this point. I think yeah. we can officially say like Goblins is is not a, a fad deck. You know, it's, yeah. it's definitely here to stay. Yeah, it's real. Uh, I actually am playing a card called Sphere of Law. Uh, if you know what that card does, that is nope. That is old. <laughs> yeah, that what is, is old. that card? Sphere of Law. It's four man enchantment from Odyssey. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need to know. Not, not, Mar- not Marari's. Well, Marari's wakes five mana, but okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And it, it just says if it's a red source, would deal you damage, prevent two of that damage. So it's good versus. Uh, I actually got to play it versus. Uh, uh, who's that guy? Orsman seven. Is it Orsman seventy nine or something? Oh yeah, like Joel Lissette. Joel Lissette. I played. Yeah. He was playing goblins, and I played it against him, and he's just like, what? Like what? <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Hilarious. Yes, still lost, still lost. But got to play it. Beat it. Beat him one game. You know, took one game off of him. Nice. That's hilarious. Oh, what about you, Pat? Did you get to play any magic? No, man. I've been working in my kitchen. I've just been doing a lot of home projects. I, we figured out that. Uh, my wife and I were looking at property values in our town, and, and I saw an estimate of our property value, and it's like almost double what we paid for it uh, nine years ago. So yes, I think, yeah, so I think what I'm going to do is we're, we're thinking about probably in the next six months selling the house, um, buying something a little bit. We'll have enough to like basically any debt that I have, like student loans, all that stuff, car loans, would be completely wiped out and then ha- still have enough for a down payment on a new home. So. The next like six months is just gonna be me like just I mean I've already remodeled most of the house but there's still a few of the rooms like I'm I'm building a laundry room I have to remodel the inside of the porch so those are a little bit more extensive than just redoing the floors and painting and stuff um, so I'm gonna start working on those next and uh, I'm hoping I'm I just I just really want to start playing in paper again I think I would play a lot more yeah. Magic if paper was available yeah. um, so I'm just really hoping that uh, you know. By the time January rolls around, they start getting this vaccine out that uh, I'm able to start going back to the LGS and ripping some games. So that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping on right now. Yeah. Is there a is there a, a card you know that you want to play with that you either that you've played with in the past or a new card that they just printed that came out that you want to play with? You're chomping the bit. I love to. So yeah. So so there's a few of the, like Sprite Dragon is a card that like I like came yeah. out just as things were starting to go south and I never I didn't get a chance to play that. I would love to play that in like um in like a a Price of Progress Blue Red Burns uh, Blue Red uh, Delver Shell. Yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's kind of where I want to be, but like. Other cards like Risk Factor, which I took to a tournament and got to play a couple times, and like I really like that card. Uh, I don't know if it's it's probably not good enough, but uh, that's another card that like it just like when it came out, I just didn't get a chance to play enough with it. Um, so yeah, so it's it's tough. It's you know because all you know, I would say ninety five percent of my play experience is going to be in paper. I really don't like mm. playing Magic Online, and like the webcam games are, are really way more enjoyable than I thought they'd be. But it's just I find it hard to just t- to take. If I'm home, there's usually things I want to be doing, and just sitting down and playing games is is tough to justify sometimes. So just because I'm super busy, but um, yeah, but yeah, so I, I, you know, it's it's like it's hard to feel super engaged with the game when you haven't played matches in a while. So that, I'm really looking forward to getting back in paper and going to Etsy and going to uh, you know, going to uh, uh, Time Vault and just and seeing the stores and playing some games. I'm, I'm really excited for when that happens. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, so, Card Kingdom tries to satisfy a lot of different gamers, player types, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And for a little while, 
Card Kingdom had this event called a uh, Fireside Gathering, and it was for Hearthstone, right? It was like Hearthstone's version of F and M, and it was on Sundays and mm-hmm. stuff. So, so there'd actually be a TO, you know, or a tournament organizer. They get all these players that would come and play Hearthstone with one another. And I remember that was the same day that we had a cube league, and people would bring different cubes and show up and play. And so there's this group of people playing Hearthstone that are on the side. But if you know, have ever played Hearthstone before? You actually don't interact with your opponent at right. all, at all. <laughs> yeah. So, so literally, so literally, this is what's happening. There, there's, there's, there's people. There's like, there's like maybe twelve people, and they're sitting down there, and they're just doing this. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, as a magic player, I'm just like losing my mind because I'm yeah. just like, oh, because yeah, no I was, way. I was thinking that they like they played in paper, but I'm like, oh, of course, Hearthstone doesn't have any paper cards. So <laughs> yeah. I, I I just put together that they're just sitting there with their phones up, <laughs> and I was like, oh, so God. they're just sitting there, like, like, and and the thing about it is, you know, magic players were like. Do you do you like to do quarantine activities in a non-quarantine <laughs> setting? <laughs> <laughs> but you know the thing is, magic. But we're nerds, right? We don't we're like antisocial. We don't like to talk. When you're playing magic, you got to interact with your opponent. You got to ask them yep. to resolve. You know, do yep. you have any responses? You know, move to combat. That sort of thing. When you're watching these guys play Hearthstone, it's just like they're just looking at their phone, and yep. it's just like. Oh yeah, uh, you know. And I remember I was like, "Oh yeah, did, did anything?" Because I remember I walked over. And this is when I was like getting into Hearthstone. I'm like, "Oh yeah, like the Jordan bravado, whatever." Excited Jordan walks yeah. over there. Like, did anything crazy happen? Like, did somebody get smashed? Like, what's going on? And there's just people going like, mm, "I don't know." I'm yeah. just gonna play on my phone. I just wanna play on my phone. You know, well met, well met. That's what I want to say to my phone. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Yeah, so it's funny. like, yeah, that's really funny that like. uh they brought people into a social setting to be to do the most antisocial game you can play, which is like you know, it's, <laughs> that is just uh, yeah, that makes my heart hurt because they, they, those people are just missing out on like the, what what makes these games so much fun, and that is like interacting yeah. with people and making friends, and like the game is so it's so second tier to to that in my opinion, and like I just think that so many people are missing out on like the best stuff in life, and they're just. Yeah, it, it, that makes me sad. That makes me very sad. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that the ultimately the thing that really brings you know magic players together is the community, mm-hmm. right? The community is really what makes it exciting, welcoming, you know. And if there's no way to even talk to them, to even say, right. "Hey, how's it going?" to figure out what's going on with their deck or whatever, what they're excited about, what they're angry about, if they can't even express that emotion, it's like, mm-hmm. dude, come yeah. on, yeah, 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 it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, maybe they graduate to, get to to magic at some point, though. You never know. <laughs> I think a lot of people actually are like, that's what Arena's doing, is it's bringing people over. Yeah, but you know? I got to say, like, the Arena championships they had, where they had two, like, magic pros sitting face to face, looking at laptops playing, was like, it, like, when you, like, when you, oh, yeah. Like, when you zoom out, it's like, oh, no. Oh no! You're going the wrong way. You're going yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah but I, I don't know. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Right? Like, we'll see how, how that translates in the future. I mean, it, Arena has not been out that long. Like, all things considered, especially in the span of the, you know, compared to the lifetime of the game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I, I still think. 
I still think Magic's biggest attribute is is its face to face component, and uh, yeah, I think if we stray too far from that, it makes me it makes me concerned for the future of the game because, I mean, look, Jerry, Jerry and I like talk every week about Magic. I mean, you know, we haven't played face to face in months and months and months, but like that's where we made our friendship was like playing yeah. games of Magic together, and and uh, you know, if you lose that, you just don't get the same thing playing playing, especially like. It's not like what even like a game like WoW where like you you can actually like talk to your opponents like over over voice and you can chat with them and stuff and even that's uh-huh. a little bit more social than like than like arena where you have pre-selected prompts and you don't even get to type exactly what you want to your opponents and I worry about the future generations of magic players because you know we played magic during its heyday so we have those entrenched friendships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just imagine there are tons of people who probably like just started playing magic right before quarantine hit and this just completely killed their desire to play, and now they like have just moved on. Yeah. Whereas if quarantine hadn't happened, maybe they would have gone on to be like a really dedicated Magic player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I see that a big draw of Magic is the social aspect, and you know a lot of these new players aren't getting that mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'll say is one of the things I noticed as I was playing. You know, I I would actually this is this I'm kind of a. A, a bizarre when I think about magic, I have an interesting relationship with it. Sometimes I'll go and play draft, like mm-hmm. whatever standard set draft is. I'll just feel like I want to play bread and butter, you know, Sarah Angel versus Giant Spider. I love yep. that. I think I wish that they had corset drafts again because I think that that's magic, you know, pure magic. <laughs> but it was cool because you'd always have people that would trickle in that were coming from arena, <clears throat> and they would actually be like in a seat drafting with other humans, and they're like. Whoa! This is way different, yes, right? Yeah. Like when spells are on the stack and you have to remember to like do stuff, and you there's the the, the rules enforcement is just you playing versus your opponent. That's mm-hmm. like so wildly different than you know playing playing online, even playing on MTGO, right? Because yeah. all of a sudden the triggers are all your responsibility, right? Yep. You know. Yep. Playing something through Chalice. That's my favorite thing to do in the world, man. <laughs> That's so fun. Just trick your it opponent. Is it is You know, fun. try to Jedi them. And, you know, you really don't. You lose those ability, the ability to do that sort of thing when you're playing online. And that's, you know, what makes paper and in person to person so big. You know, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is, you know, if, if you remember, I don't know if, if, if your community does this, but I actually remember those, those big time magic plays from like way back. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about uh, Pat Chapin when he played Ignite Memories oh, versus so Gabriel yeah. Nassif. It's like a so classic. Good. Or the, the uh, Lightning the, Helix. Uh, or, yeah, Lightning Helix also uh, yeah. Bonfire of the Damned off the top. <laughs> yeah, you know, like those are all like so pure, like such pure energy when you talk about like ma- like people that are into magic and get excited about it too. And, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like, you know, and, and, you know, maybe some of it has to do with the, the way that they view casting nowadays. But really, you know, in, in my heart of hearts, I always just look on those events and I think, like, that is truly what it's about, you yes. know? Yeah. <laughs> 99% to lose, Ignite Memories You, five copies on the stack. Like, oh, man. I, I that, guarantee you, one of your listeners right now is going to go pull that that. YouTube oh. video and watch that YouTube video. They can also you watch know? Ross Miriam. What was it when when Ross Miriam was playing against uh, uh, Burn in an SCG event and like got just just got like fucking punished on the final turn of the game? Do you remember that? <laughs> they used to play that in the highlights every week on the, on the SCG shows. It was so good and just like Ross Ross's just like this. reaction was priceless. Like yeah, and it was uh, he was playing uh, what's his name? Um, 
uh, Pat's. Uh, Oh, uh, Basic Mountain, Pat Sullivan. Yeah, yes, yeah, 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 Patrick Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Patrick Sullivan, and uh, yeah, it was it was just so it was just like he just looks down and he's like, "How did this?" Happen? <laughs> it was just oh gosh, it's just one of the best things ever. It's so good, so good. Yeah. Uh, who was uh who was the Goyf incident at the Pro Tour? Oh, that was someone who decided not to draft a Goyf, right? Or or no, no they no, drafted no. a Goyf. Dra- yeah. It was Pascal so Maynard, right? Pascal yeah, Maynard. Pascal yes. Maynard. Yeah. yeah, and he uh he picked the Goyf over a card that like would fit fork, in his deck because bolt, right? it's a yeah, it's a, it's a goif, and everyone's giving him shit. No, and, everyone, and other people were just like, it's a goif. Yep. The this best is back thing when like, goif was like $150. No, the best thing is he sits there and he cracks it open, and he looks at the front, and then he looks at the back. Like, every, literally every magic collector ever is like, oh, is, is there a thing on the back? Like, oh, oh, it looks nice. Oh, is there Yo. Gotta check that condition, yo, man. Gotta, back where yo. it counts. Back where it counts. <laughs> so good. Yeah, Pascal Maynard, man. Oh, gotta oh, make man. sure it's pack fresh. For sure. Uh, yeah, those are the those are the epic moments of. Uh... Yeah, you just don't get that on Magic Online. You don't get that in Arena. Like that, those those uh, that that drama never happens. That's why, like. That's why people don't want to watch like people play Madden, man. There's no drama in that game. Like, yeah, it's the same mechanics of a real football game, but there's no drama there. There's not. There's, it's just. It's yeah. just not there. You know, like that's why. Like, you know, real sports will never be replaced by, by, by fake sports. It just. It'll. It just won't happen because there's just, the drama isn't there. Like they. They might be eclipsed for a time, but. Uh- I don't. I don't necessarily buy that because the drama is definitely there in games like League of Legends. Well, like, I don't think you need to be physically there. I, I think it, that that happens when they have a camera on the player that's in this. You know, like in the chair. Yeah, because right? like they they literally like they bring the players out and they're like yeah. on a stadium surrounded by a hundred thousand fans. Yeah, yeah like, I still I, would, I still fully believe that that is a bubble waiting to pop. I I stand by. I said that a year ago, and I still I say that now. There's yep. there's no way that it's lucrative enough to have to to amass that amount of people and that that mo- mo- much money be, that they're paying to people playing the game to be fair uh great grandpa pappy uh you glow said the same thing about the talkie movies back in the <laughs> 1920s that they were just a fad <laughs> i'm just the saying man the I'm one thing saying. i'll say is it, when you think about magic like one of the things that's actually pushed i think pushed the value of a lot of the cards is that the the nerds that grew up playing it They've all grown up and they have jobs now. Yes. And if yep. you want to talk about, you know, people that have people have money, it's people that are, you know, these these information seekers, people that are, you know, I don't know if you want to call them savants or whatever, right? But it's just those are the people that have the money to to buy the cards and and, mm-hmm. and bring those memories of childhood back, like yep. you know, going out and affording like a playset of Eurekas, man. That's a sick card. Yeah, that's an yep. old school card. You can do it now, right? Yep. And yep. and you know, I think if you were a, a, a young kid now, it would be so incredibly hard to like afford yeah. that stuff right? yeah it's, it's yeah. mind-blowing well yeah because i mean the people who play magic tend to be very thoughtful creative people who you know it's yeah. a very cerebral game and those people also tend to also be the people who are likely to become like programmers and yeah. doctors and lawyers and yeah. high-paying jobs where they yeah. can just afford to drop you know mad money i've been to gps i see the type of money that gets thrown around <laughs> at the dealer <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah. 
I've definitely yeah. I've definitely seen someone throw stacks on stacks on bills, uh, scooping up uh, black bordered cards at uh, GPs. So, which is always extremely exciting to watch. Yeah, or or white bordered <laughs> if they're a savage. Yep. If they're a savage. Or, or you could be like our friend Joe who does it with my money instead. And <laughs> yep. He goes and just <laughs> actually, you know what, Jerry? Uh, speaking of Joe, I don't know if he still listens to the show, but I was just talking to him. Uh, last week, actually, uh, he, him and I were chatting on, uh, on Facebook and, uh, and he's doing well. He's got two twin boys. Uh, yeah, I saw. he, he, so he sold out of his magic collection, but he did say that he would be, uh, at the next legacy GP if we can get him a deck. So I said, we'll make that happen. We'll make uh, that we'll happen. We'll definitely bro. get him a deck. Yep. I definitely said, that's, that's not a non-issue. So, <laughs> uh, going to GP Columbus with Joe was like one of my, one of the best experiences I've ever had playing magic. That whole weekend was just <laughs> honestly like. All the legacy GPs I've been to have been so much fun, and uh, that was the first one I traveled for, so it has a special place in my heart. But shout, shout out to Joe, our, our buddy, and uh, just a super good guy, and uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm glad to see he's <laughs> doing well. <laughs> the used car salesman of the uh, the dealer booth. Yeah, I mean, he, he straight up <laughs> got Jerry to buy a bunch of FPB duels. <laughs> oh, man. You can, he just slaps the roof of the FPB volcanic. You can fit so many show and tells in this bad yep, boy. Uh, that's exactly what it was. It was so, so good. Jerry's like, well, I guess this is what we're doing. I mean, when he put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. It was a sick weekend. It was a great weekend. Oh, man. Uh,. So what else we got tonight? Oh, we got the raffle. Yeah, you want to pull? Pack. Yeah, let's let's pull that before we get into into scoops and stuff. Let's do it. So we obviously we are in the uh, we are in the season of giving right now. We are currently doing a fundraiser for uh, Room to Grow. It's a charity that helps out um, uh, families out of Boston who have like young children around the holidays and. Uh, we I think we did it two years ago I believe uh, maybe, well, it haven't actually been three years ago but we did it with the with the guys from the dead format we're doing it again with uh, with Tom and Ian um, and uh, and yeah so we have uh, Sarah Sanctum that was donated uh, by our friend uh, DJ right right Jerry yep DJ so, so it's a it's a really nice Sarah Sanctum and uh, we had a bunch of people uh, enter the raffle and uh, we're gonna let Jordan. Uh, we're gonna let random number generator Jordan <laughs> choose <laughs> choose the number. Now, full disclosure, <clears throat> he has not seen the list that Jerry has made. Uh, he he is unaware <laughs> that it's Jerry's funny that name I made a takes list. up ninety five percent of the spots in the list. And uh, <laughs> no, 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 of course, no. no. <laughs> but we're gonna let we're gonna let Jordan choose the number. Jerry's uh, pulling it up right now. I'm sure it's a number from one to two hundred and something. And, okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, Jordan's gonna get to choose. Jerry, do you have the uh, the exact range that Jordan gets to choose from? I'm working on. He's it. working on, on it currently. Yeah. We just got a just got a whole bunch of people. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, our our friend Rich uh, Spawnholes. Yep. Uh, who we did the charity for his kid? Uh, yeah, with you know, for Wesley. six years ago. Yeah, or, who was like yeah, for Wesley? Gro- yep, he's grown up to be a a beautiful young child. Uh, yeah, Rich's kid Wesley, uh, who had some like some medical uh, like a medical condition in his early life, and uh, seems to be uh, man like a healthy young kid. And I love seeing the pictures of uh, him and his kid on Facebook. So, uh, shout out to Rich. He's a he's a good guy, and uh, he helped helped us out in the yeah. raffle quite a bit. Yeah, well, no, shout out to him because uh, he asked me, like, how, how many tickets do you have uh, sold so far? And I told him, he was okay, we'll double it. Nice. <laughs> and he, uh, he bought all the rest. So, shout, special shout out to him. That's awesome. Um, so, we have here, it is 242 places. Wow. So, Jordan, give me a number between one and 242. You got it. Number is 72. 72. That's the number. 
72. A good, good number. Um, I think I believe that was Matt Light's number. Left tackle for the Patriots. I was like, who's Matt Light? I don't see his name. On this <laughs> <laughs> you want to see? Like, how did you memorize the order of the division list? Whoa. <laughs> 5, 10, 12, 62, Justin Dale. Justin Dale is the lucky winner of the Sarah Sanctum. Uh, so I will email him, but also get at me if you're listening to this, Justin, and you haven't seen my email yet. Uh, we'll get that Sarah Sanctum mailed out to you. And Pat, I also have the next raffle uh, item that we have for uh, this week. Yeah, raffle. what is it? We're doing a bundle. Okay. Bundle, Pat. Uh, so this is a combination donation from our friend uh, Josh Bingham, who sent in a suite. Uh, the, uh, they came out a couple of years ago, the double-sided Delver of Secrets playmats. Oh, yeah. It's oh. the flip the flip playmat with Delver secrets on one side, and then you flip the playmat over and it's in sexual aberration. Yep. Uh, so if that playmat bundled with a shallow grave that, uh, Josh also sent in. Right. Oh yeah, then, of course. Our, our, our resident Tinfin's expert, <laughs> resident Tinfin's expert, Josh robbing. I'm sending in a uh, shallow grave, you know, I was trying to spread the love, <laughs> uh, but Hey, shallow grave is a reserve list card. Pat. Yeah. Hey, um, I'm trying to and then those also, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Uh, we have another uh, donation from DJ, a uh, foil Ashiok uh, Dreamweaver, the uh, the new card that's been popping up in uh, Pox, nice. the one that denies uh, Fetchlands. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're going to be putting that up, and uh, we got uh, some more awesome stuff to give away. Great. Well, thank you very much for everyone who, uh, who got behind the... Uh Donation for Sarah Sanctum. Of course, every cent of the proceeds is going right to Room to Grow. So we've already raised up uh, a good chunk of change for that. And remember, uh, Ian and Tom are not allowed to use the, the Leaving Legacy Facebook page to push their uh, side of the of the uh, of the charity drive. So they have to beat us. <laughs> Wait, what? Square by creating their own <laughs> Facebook group with their own fans. I was live vicariously. I wasn't aware of this. And I have had. I said on the cast. I wasn't last aware week, of this. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have just been uh, your your head might have been in the clouds at the time, but yeah, I'm throwing down the gauntlet because they were oh, talking man. shit in their show about how they're going to out fundraise <laughs> us. So now they can get their own social media platform. They can start that from the ground up right now and stop <laughs> riding our coattails. Patrick is like the uh, the conniving town official in the Hallmark like home movie channel. Listen, I, just like, <laughs> I just want to be the mayor. I just want to be the mayor of like shutting Halloween down, town. shutting down the kids' lemonade stand because they don't have a business permit. Hey, per- hey, listen, listen. Are we a nation of laws or a nation of anarchy, Jerry? That's what I want to know. We're a nation of laws. Okay. I'll tell little Timmy and Susie that they have to pack up their lemonade yeah, stand. Yeah. Well, if you're giving people E. coli, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> oh man so yeah we got that um we got some other good stuff to give away uh if you don't know how it's on the leaving a legacy facebook page uh it'll be pinned at the top of the page this week's raffle uh and all you have to do is send a uh paypal one dollar equals one ticket and uh send that in to reserve your spot and we'll pull it on next week's cast awesome awesome and i listen i hope uh I have, well, actually, let's get a scoops and poops, and then we'll we'll do our final goodbyes, Jerry. 
Sounds good. Uh, yeah, let's get into scoops this week. Uh, Jordan, so every week we obviously like to scoop people into the top eight. It's a chance for us to shout out people in our community or things that we are, we're really appreciating. And, uh, and man, since this is the week of Thanksgiving, it's a time to be thankful. So, uh, Jordan, who do you want to scoop into top eight this week? Well, I think that you know the uh, the obvious answer is scoop both of you into top eight. Of course, uh, thanks so much for inviting me onto the podcast. I really do appreciate it a lot. It's uh, a great platform to get on and talk. You know, what, talk something that I'm so passionate about with people that are, are fantastic community builders and, and people that drive the community and, and keep you know keep legacy going, keep the conversation going when when things are looking so so poor outside. And of course. The, the poops is the fact that we can't get to play uh, <laughs> legacy in paper. We can't get out there and, and, and play in person. That That's a, a huge bummer. But I really do appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on and play or uh, come on and talk and talk about something that I'm so passionate about because I, I, I love magic. I hope it stays around for as long as it can. And, you know, I hope that you all carry on with this uh, this sort of work because it really it, it brings a lot of light to, to people. Well, right thank now you, man. This thank you. We appreciate the kind words. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, how about you? How about you, Jerry? Who do you want to scoop into top eight this week? With it being Thanksgiving, I just want to say how thankful I am for just you know the community in general because this quarantine's hard, and I know it's hard on lots and lots of people. But I know at least for the magic community, it would be a hell of a lot harder if it wasn't for you know everyone else in the community and having this shared hobby that we can all pass the time with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm very grateful for having a uh, you know a community like this available, uh, and you know helping out with such great stuff like the the charity drive we're doing and just you know being there for people. Yeah. So. I just wanted to scoop in the the community as a whole this week. It's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd like to obviously echo the same sentiment uh, as Jerry, and uh, man, it's just it's just great. I'm really excited to be doing the charity drive this year. Um, people have really showed out. We've gotten a, a bunch of donations for uh, for like prizes and stuff, which is great. Um, so we really appreciate that. And of course, Jordan, thank you for coming on, man. I want to scoop you in as well. You're a great guest. You're a great dude. Uh, you love talking magic, and I, I appreciate the passion, man. It's, it's great to have people like you in the community. Yes, sir. Thank you. Of course, of course. <laughs> he was waiting for more praise. To it's okay. Him. I mean, I can, <laughs> you also have like the best. Yeah, what else? Best, what else? He's got like definitely top-notch snuggy game for sure. Uh, uh, best dressed guest in the podcast in a long time. So yeah, shout out, shout out to Jordan for that. Um, all right, awesome. Well, I, I hope everyone has a great week. Um, I hope that you are able to spend some time with uh, your immediately immediate family, the people you live with. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, you know, try to do the the best you can with uh, keeping uh, in line with you know what what the guidelines are as far as like who you, who you can have dinner with. I know it's stressful, man. Like Jerry and I were talking about before the show even started. You know, it's stressful. Everyone's trying to make the right decision and. You're balancing, you know, spending time with your family, which is like, man, as an as a as just as a human, it's extremely important to me. Um, and this time of year, man, I, I feel like we're, we're really. I don't want to be too down about, but I feel like we're getting robbed of some of that, some of that magic. I think that I just really love, uh, you know. So, so please, please, you know, do your best to 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 be responsible this holiday season. Um, I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, I th- I think that you know. All things considered, we all still have a lot to be thankful for. So, so keep that in mind as well as we as we carry into the holidays. Definitely. Also, thanks to our uh, special editor, Mr. Justin Lutz. He's special now. 
Yeah, well, he's very special. Fun fact about Justin Pat uh, is, uh, you know how every year on Thanksgiving the president pardons a turkey? Uh-huh. It's like yeah. some stupid photo. Of course, yeah. Yeah, Justin, Justin's actually the turkey handler. No kidding. You know, he... Yeah, he handles the turkey. He he brings it up and you know That's gets part in and <laughs> takes it down. Yeah, yeah. Good Does he have to Justin, wear like you know? special like uh, greaves or not greaves, but like what are those things? What are those things that go around your arms called? Mittens. No, not mitten. <laughs> like they go around your actual forearms, Jerry. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> They're not like it's not like a right. gauntlet, but you know you know what I'm saying. Does he have to wear those? Yeah, got, like he has like leather ones, like a like a like a hawk a hawk handler would have. Yes, yeah, hawk handler. It's 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 been handed down the ages. The uh, the magical hawk handler gauntlet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Good for Justin. Yeah. Good good stuff. Do you think that Trump pardons a turkey, or does he just fucking cannibalize it like immediately? <laughs> just like does he even pluck he the goes Aussie, like, Aussie off Wait, I like how you you say you said cannibalize, implying that Trump is also in fact a turkey. Have you have you seen his hair? Have you seen his big fat ass? Like, yeah, he like he's got a rump on him, man. He's like a turkey. For those who don't know, hey, one thing I do want to say is you guys, you both have some immaculate art artwork behind you, uh, Patrick. You've got that that print of Underground Sea, yeah. and Jeremy, Jerry, you got like a is that a tapestry or something like that? Some artwork no, behind so you. That's the uh, the nickel bolos. Uh, I forget what it came from. Um, it was some set, right? Some box set. It was some set, but uh, that's actually so. That's a nickel bolos, uh, like hand drawn uh, piece of art, and that's actually yeah. printed on a magic sheet. If I were to turn that poster around, oh my it would gosh. be a it would be a magic bag. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. So I don't know if, if you've ever talked about that because on, on your cast, right? But I can see them because we're we're on a video chat and all that. But I, I just think that it's amazing because you know if you weren't if, if you weren't in my position, you'd never be able to see that in in the background for me because everybody every magic oh, nerd yeah. has to have magic. You got, I've got yeah blood moon. Yeah, I've got a dark blood moon. That's that one. Nice. And, and that is uh, Guru, Guru. I was Island. gonna say Guru, nice, yeah. nice. Guru nice. Island. I got I got the island print when I for doing commentary at Car Kingdom. They actually got. I think they got some with a collection, and the the to actually came down and gave it to me. That's cool for doing commentary. It's pretty That's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Have you have you been in contact with the guys from Card Kingdom? Are they? I mean, what's what's ex- what are things? I know we're kind of at the tail end of the show, but like, are they still yeah. open? Or are they closed? What are they doing right now? You know, so I uh, I actually went to one of my my friend's house maybe like two weeks ago before uh, Washington State really started going into lockdown, mm-hmm. and he lives like actually really close by Card Kingdom, and so I actually rode I, I drove by and went into their store recently, and and they're still open, you know, they're still open as far as the retail side of things is concerned, but uh, I mean they're they, you know as of last Monday or I think it was two Mondays ago they're just they're closed down they're not they're not doing it oh. you know so they're that's that's it for their having retail space or, or time for anything like that. And then, yeah. I mean, who knows how far, how far right. events are out, but you know, yeah. the, they're still hanging around. They'll that's, do their best. That's sure. good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I've heard only, only excellent things about card kingdom as a business and as a store. So, uh, yeah, man, like I said, we, we got a lot to be thankful for and, uh, and, uh, you know, patronize your stores, buy gift cards from them. You know, it's, that's so if they're not open right now, see if you can get a gift card online and like and you know throw them, throw them fifty bucks or hundred bucks and it goes a long way to helping out your LGS. So so definitely do that and uh, and we'll you know we'll we'll keep on keeping on, man. We, the, the finish line's right around the corner. I tr- I truly believe that. I think we're I think we're in the home stretch. So we just got to get through this and uh, we'll get back to to life as we know it. So awesome. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, Jordan. It was great to talk to you and uh, 
We'll catch all you guys, all your listeners uh, next week. Thank you very much. Thank Bye. you. Come on down to